I'm Peter Alakawi and welcome to Life School, the podcast. Each episode, I'll be chatting openly and honestly with a different guest about a whole host of purposeful topics. From personal success and failure stories, to relationship advice, tips and tricks for entrepreneurs, to professional and practical guidance on living a more fulfilled and happy life. I'll be speaking to men and women from all walks of life, all with unique experiences they want to share in the hope of inspiring you. I hope throughout this series you can take away some valuable nuggets of wisdom to help you navigate through life's many twists, turns and lessons. Here at Life School we are all about the business of learning. So let's get on with the show and remember everything you go through grows you. In this episode of Life School I am super excited to sit down and talk life with the creative director and founder of the UAE's number one award-winning wedding inspiration website Bride Club ME Rhiannon Downeyhurst, aka Rio. Rio is also a professional wedding industry speaker and founder of Bride Club ME Business, the first consultancy platform of its kind in the UAE for wedding entrepreneurs and creatives. I first met Rio back in 2017 when I was organizing a wedding themed event and needed a media partner. I hit it off with Rio straight away and I really admired her confidence industry knowledge and how she juggled being a badass businesswoman and mum to her son Kai, who at the time was just a few months old. When I approached Rio about wanting to develop my freelance writing portfolio, she gave me the amazing opportunity to write for her site, brideclubme.com, which over the past two years has turned into a fabulous role that has led me to travel on behalf of the brand, meet the most incredible inspirational industry leaders and people, and hone my writing technique, something I will be eternally grateful to Rio for. In this episode, we get to the nitty gritty of what it's really like to start your own business, how Rio copes with difficult and challenging times, and her advice for small business owners everywhere. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at LifeSchoolME for behind the scenes footage and further information on some of the topics we discussed today. Now let's bring on Rio. Enjoy! Rio, welcome to Life School. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today. You are one of the busiest women <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I really appreciate you giving oh. me your, your time today. Um, to get started, Rio, can you talk us through how you created your company, Bride Club ME, mm. and where did it all start? Sure, okay, so this takes me back. Um, so I was working for a publishing house at the time Um, as an employee on a print mag and I had been in the media industry for about I would say at that point 12 years selling advertising space um, and kind of developed into business development and doing the whole marketing element as well and launching digital when that first started and I just felt an urge in me to launch my own thing. So I came up with a completely different concept to Bride Club um, for the entertainment industry. And the publishing house I was with at the time um, was known for being a bit of an incubator and really encouraging its employees if they had ideas to approach the CEO um, with their ideas and their concepts because they often partnered with their employees that had that kind of entrepreneurial streak that's amazing that made sense yeah it was great i mean they were very clever because the profits were in their favor but still it was 
an opportunity that a lot of people took. Um, so I had this completely different idea. We did the business plan and everything. And then my boyfriend at the time asked me to marry him. And of course I said yes. And that's when I started the process, as you would know, Peter, of like planning your wedding in the yes. UAE and as an expatriate, how obviously, let's just say then, back then, um, which is eight, eight years ago now, I think, um, things were very different. The industry was very different. So I couldn't really find what I was looking for. Um, I wanted an outdoor kind of country-esque, uh, rustic type wedding. And it was just very, and I wanted more of a bohemian dress. And it was very difficult to find those things back then. And I found that I was using websites like Starmy Pretty in America and confetti.co.uk in England. And I was just, it just suddenly hit me like a ton of bricks. Why does this not exist in the UAE? And that's when I was like, I went to the CEO of the company and I just sat down in front of him and I said, what do you think about launching a wedding platform, like an online wedding platform, instead of what we were thinking of launching at the time? And he just looked at me and went, yes, let's do it. Let's launch a magazine. And I said, no, not print. I said, it cannot be print because brides do not have time to wait every four months for a print mag to come out only to see, no disrespect, adverts that they probably can't afford that 300,000 dirham dress, right? Mm -hmm. So we need an online platform where they have access to vetted vendors, information, inspiration for all budgets. So he was like, okay, you're not going to take a wage for four months, make it work, and then we'll sign contracts. And I was like, you're on, okay. And luckily I had savings. So I just put my all into it and literally it was editor, sales, marketing, everything. They allowed me to have the desk space and the visa, obviously, and they handled the accounts, but I did everything myself and tried to sell this thing that didn't exist and managed to raise enough to build the website and everything and um, and I was with that publishing house for a year and it was a year later that they brought me into the office and they basically just said look Rio we don't want to hold you back from taking this to the next level it's too small fish for us we're focused on the bigger magazines and yeah. the bigger this just go and fly and take it and do your own thing. And then I launched Club Media. So that's the story of how it launched. And when you first started going out into the market, mm. was the response, wow, we've been needing this? Or did you find yourself educating vendors at the same time? A bit of both. Um, there were people, basically I started from a marketing perspective. I started to create a real buzz on social before the website was launched. So it was like a teaser, this new platform is launching, first of its kind in the region. And I built up a really strong social media following very quickly. And I was getting, and this was before Instagram was like really famous and I started to use it. Well, yeah, like, I was gonna say like eight years ago. Yeah, I, I started to use it when it was just, but it was mainly started. Facebook that was popular for us then. and. Um, I was getting messages like from vendors and brides going, this is brilliant, how can we be part of it? Um, and then I was meeting big players in the market. Obviously I knew nothing about the wedding industry. I had to go out there and find who were the biggest wedding planners, um, when do brides get married, usually when is the season, what do people spend on average? And I kind of met like, well, I'm not naming names, but well-known wedding planners. And some of them were quite cold um, and 
dismissive of me. I, I'm just being honest. Um, who's this girl? Doesn't know anything about weddings? Yeah, whatever. And other people were like, this is just genius. Like, we want to be part of it. How, where can we sign the check? You know, so I raised enough. I mean, I, I think I I went I visited about 30 vendors and had meetings with 30 vendors, and out of those 30, I think about 17 signed up with me um, straight away. Which is pretty amazing for a yeah. brand new site. Yeah, because but the site didn't even exist either. So, oh, so this is before you. This even, was before I'd even launched. I literally just went with an idea and a media wow. kit, and I was like, "This is a vision. I've got the backing of XYZ Publishing House, which helped. I have to say." As an entrepreneur, when I you've guess got that the gave backing, it a bit of gravitas. Yeah, yeah, it made it more serious, more legit, which really helped. Um, and the people that were on it were on it. Like they understood the need for the mark for this platform. And then the other half, I mean, look, you can't please everybody, but I do take a bit of gratification in like knowing that you know their reservations. I I did well. So yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And. What's been the most challenging thing about running the business so far? I think when I went alone and launched my own business, like officially by myself without any support, that realisation of the sort of magnitude of what I'd launched and the fact that I needed human resources um, and didn't quite have the budget or the know-how on hiring and you know how to hire and what to look for and what I should be paying people and I think that initial step of letting go of my own ego and my own control freak nature and handing that over to somebody else my baby I mean bride club was my first baby my first child um that took it took my husband actually saying you need to get help because you are literally working till 3am every day. Well, I was going to ask, did you go through a period where, I mean, you were just spreading yourself yeah. so thin and trying to years, juggle everything? The first three years of Bride Club was me doing everything. But do you think you can avoid that when you first start a business? No. Because if you don't have the, the budget to hire the people that you want, yeah. it does fall back on you. So can you, can you, could you have done it differently or? Yeah, I mean, look, some businesses have investments straight away, don't they, which allows them to hire the, the resources that they need. But for me, I, it was completely bootstrapped from the moment I left the publishing house and self-funded. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't hire people. So I had to do that. And I realized I had to do that as an entrepreneur, you know? And I was willing to do that and to work till 3 a.m. every morning. Um, but it does get to a point where you have to make some changes if your business is gonna grow. And sometimes it takes somebody else seeing what you're going through to give you that nudge. And it was my husband that did that because I was up till 3 a.m. every day. I mean, I was writing all the articles. If you imagine we were writing an article a day, I was publishing an article a day. I was dealing with 100 clients and managing their listings. I was working on the bride show, making sure our stand was all set up by myself. I was, people don't realize when they look at an online platform like Bride Club, they think, oh, that's nice job, you know, just do a few posts here and there. No, it yeah, is they like- They don't realize the work that goes into it. They don't realize the work that goes into it. And there's been, many many other companies that have tried to do the same since and have closed down within like the year because they just don't realize how hard it is and it really is hard but I think 
understanding and accepting that I needed help was the first step and the first that was a struggle was trying to do everything myself yeah the first real struggle I realized um and it wasn't a matter of like just taking on someone for 15,000 dirhams a month and paying them a wage oh no 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 like I used freelancers for years and I still do and it was just I worked out what I was good at and what I enjoyed doing and then the things that were stressing me out and I love writing and I think people enjoy my writing but I have to say that was stressing me that me out the most writing content um, so that was the first thing that I outsourced yeah because it's very time consuming and you have yeah. to have the the space the mental capacity for it so yeah. if you're trying to juggle a million things on top of that yeah it's just an, another added pressure that you just don't need exactly and then you burn out you do you and i did burnout. i was experienced burning out i was, I was so, burning so you out. have actually gone through that but yeah. that burnout that burnout where i would literally wake up in the morning and i'd be frazzled like i'd be sh like this shaking i'd be frazzled thinking like just overwhelmed from what i knew my to-do list was for that day and i thought gosh if i ever want to become a mum and if i how am i going to manage this like it's crazy you know so I spoke to other entrepreneurs, I asked them how they did it, and I kind of asked on forums, and and then basically I put like a, I think it was a shout out on our Insta stories or Facebook group, and I got one of my actual readers, who was a real bride that used um, Bride Club for her whole wedding. She reached out to me and said, I would love to write for your website. I, I wanna get into this industry. Um, I'd be happy for you to pay me whatever you feel you want to pay me. And I'm like, where did you come from? Like, yes, please. Obviously, first of all, I want to see your style of writing. Um, I mean, she had great grammar. She was a good storyteller and she understood the industry. So she was the first freelancer I hired and she was great and the relief of having that her. change your whole outlook then you're like, okay, so I can offload yeah, some of this. Okay. Yeah. There are people out there. Yes. That are willing to be flexible and those yeah. people do exist yeah they I do don't have to do it all myself exactly yeah. and they're people that really value what you do as well and really want to work for you and i didn't realize how many people actually wanted to work for a company like bright club to gain experience to build their own portfolios and were happy to not i, I wouldn't say kind of like undervalue what they should be paid but they understood that it's a stepping stone to something else yeah like, you know, which is what I did when I was trying to get into certain industries. I worked certain jobs that I knew maybe didn't pay the best, but I knew it was a stepping stone to get to where I needed to get to, right? So she was the first. And then I had a graphic designer who I also realized was an, an amazing admin girl. I mean, she'd always message me and say, Rio, did you remember to get back to this person? Or Rio, would you like some help at this event? And I'm like, why don't yes. you do my admin for me as well? So we agreed on a fixed fee for her to do graphic design and admin. And she's been with me still to this day. She's amazing. She's like my That's right how hand many lady. Years, how many years has that been now? So I always forget how long I've been running Bride Club. I think it's eight years. She's been with me pretty much seven years. Wow. Yeah. And then obviously, Peter, you do some work for me. I do. I do. Um, I'm like coming up two years now, I think. Yeah. 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 And then I have my first full-time employee, um, which took eight years for me to, to hire. Yeah. Um, and I would say sales has been the most difficult 
um, to tackle in terms of finding the right person. Yeah, and it's also a big commitment for companies here. It's not just a case of hiring someone. Yeah. You're investing in their visa, their medical. There's a lot. It's a big decision, yeah. isn't it, here, when you have a, a business? Exactly, and I think that's one of the reasons why Bride Club has sustained for so long is because I've kept it very, very lean, and I've been very careful as to where we've reinvested our money. Um, but I've also realised that I do need to outsource in some areas for in order for it to grow. And I think having a good salesperson has been a journey. I've learned lessons. And one lesson that I learned is that you can't incentivize a salesperson on commission only alone. Um, I tried that model and it just doesn't work, um, especially here, because you need to have some kind of basic wage to sustain your living and your lifestyle. Nowadays you do. Nowadays Maybe back you do. in the day exactly. you could get away with it, but yeah. now... No, now you need it. So only now have I been in a position to be able to offer that. Um, and it's working. Like we've had a sales girl now for six months and she's brilliant. She's hitting target every month. Um, and Brilliant. she came just at the right time. Actually, it was a Facebook forum. She'd asked on the group saying, guys, I'm moving to Dubai with my boyfriend um, and I'm looking for a job. And straight away, there were hundreds of comments of people putting her off. No, don't do it. It's the worst time, blah, 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 blah. You know, and I was like, excuse me, actually, I'm hiring and you sound perfect. Please send me your CV. Yeah. Um, and she did. So I think that will give a lot of small business owners hope because yeah. I think sometimes they do think, how am I going to grow this? I yeah. can't hire full time people, but you don't always need full time. Sometimes freelancers yeah. and outsource people yeah. will actually get you better results. Yeah. Just because you're in an office from nine to six doesn't necessarily mean you're utilizing that time uh, working exactly. the whole time. So yeah. you actually sometimes get better results, concentrated work, yeah. with outsourced people. So exactly. I think that'll give bit small business owners a lot of hope. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, the freelancer market is so valuable, and I just think the work landscape has changed so much. It's just not so the way much. it was in, like, the early 2000s. It's completely different. And I think businesses, even if you look at like big, big, big corporations are downsizing and outsourcing, outsourcing and using co-working spaces. And, you know, this whole like, I've met people and entrepreneurs because I consult as well for the wedding industry, right? And uh, I've met people that are like, you know, I need this office and I need a full team of this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you don't when you start out you don't why are you going to output all of that money when you can utilize co-working yeah. spaces when you can um outsource to brilliant freelancers for half the price it's just yeah it doesn't make sense when you're a startup you yeah know? it doesn't so well that leads me on to my next question what is the one thing that no one warned you about but you wish they had when it comes to starting your own business? Oh my gosh. Like, I'm known for being a bit of a hard nut. <laughs> like. You're hard on the outside, but you're really <laughs> soft on the inside. <laughs> it's true. It's true, and people who know me realize that, yeah. right? Um, and that was actually what my husband's best man said at our wedding day during his speech. He was like, Rio is like a Cadbury's cream egg. 
hard on the outside. I was just trying to think of it. I could only think of an avocado. Soft and mushy on the inside. Yeah. And everyone was like, yeah. (laughs) But um, look, I'm known for being a little bit hard and straightforward and blunt in business. And I would say the only reason I've become that way is because I have had people plagiarise my ideas. My website was completely plagiarised and copied. We had to send a legal letter, cease and desist, take that down immediately, otherwise we will take legal action. I have had people backstab me in business. I have had all sorts happen to me to the point where it's just brought me to tears, where I've wanted to give up. Um, And I've had the best of intentions all the time in conversations I've had with people. And I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, and he's always like, Yeah, if you roll with me and you're on my side, believe me, you will benefit. And this is how I feel. If people roll with me and they work with me and they don't try and outsmart me, use me, whatever, they're going to benefit from it. Why would you do that to yourself, especially in such a small industry? Um, I know I'm sounding a bit bitter now, but I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to me. Um, because it happens so I would say having contracts is so important I wish somebody would have just sat down to me and said Rhiannon have an NDA before you disclose any of these big ideas that you have sign contracts um, and this is why I, you know I'm always at meetings like great you want all of this from me what's in it for me what am I going to get in return you know, you want me to introduce you to everybody in the industry. You want me to connect you with this person, that person. You want me to, but what is in it for my business and my growth? You know, and I, I've got to that point where I'm very straightforward in business meetings when it comes to partnerships, collaborations, and I'm just like, yes, I love it, but we need it in writing. I need an MOU, and I wish somebody had kind of educated me earlier about things like that. But I think professional people expect that. It's the ones that aren't professional that when you ask for that, mm. if they if their reaction is, oh, well, well, why do you want that? That's a red flag to me. Yeah. Because how you now conduct business, that's professional. Yeah. It's not about not trusting someone. It's just, we both need to know where we stand. Let's get this on paper. I think that's, that's yeah. just, that's common sense. That's good it business, is. I think. It is, but not everybody thinks that way, you know? And um, I think... I've accepted that, you know, probably until I, however many years I'm still in business, I'm probably still going to be faced with these things. Yeah. You know, it's just the nature of business. Um, There are some people that are very cutthroat and it's just what it is. It is what it is. As long as I remain remain or you remain authentic and genuine and remember why you built that business in the first place you'll be okay, you know? Yeah. So just make sure you have your contracts in your place. Your contracts in place, yeah. <laughs> um, so Ria, you have a beautiful little boy, Kai, do, yeah. who's two. How do you juggle motherhood, running your own business and developing new business ventures? Because you're always working on something <laughs> other than Bride Club. Yeah. Um, how do you do it? Do you know what? I Juggle is the word it's not balance. You just cannot be a working mum, especially an entrepreneur mum, and have balance. I don't believe that, because 
one thing is always going to suffer in a way, right? So for me, it's having an extended support network. Um, I try to be a martyr for like the first eight months of Kai's life and insisted that I would never have a nanny. I would never have help or a maid. And I kept to my word for eight months until I broke um, because I was trying to run my business as well as launch another one and keep a little human alive and be a good wife and keep the house tidy and look after three cats. And it just, it was affecting my mental health, you know? And then you're no good to anyone. Exactly. Because you're just exhausted and overwhelmed. Exactly. And I have to say, the moment I decided to hire that help, because I, you know, I, my mum didn't fly over and help me because she was sick. Um, none of my family were there. I was living in a tower block in the middle of nowhere without a car. It was hard. So um, the moment I hired help, I just remember this, I can, I can actually go and sleep for two hours. Like I, I started gradually. I, I hired the help of like companies like Malak and people, I don't know if I'm allowed to name names. Yeah. But these, you know, like Malak came and helped me for a few hours a day and I would just gradually relinquish a little bit of, you know, or I would gradually Slowly, slowly. Allow someone else to, yeah. To, so it yeah. could be while the baby was napping, she would just look look after the baby. And I'd close my eyes and catch up on two hours that's sleep. quite a big thing for new... I'm not a mum mm. yet, hopefully one day, but that's quite a big thing when you've had your baby, especially yeah. your first, isn't it, to hand it over to someone else. Because mm. there's all that mum guilt that people talk about and also that this is someone new with my baby oh and, god uh, it's traumatic right I'm so you had is that why you eased your way into it because you felt yeah. really uncomfortable i did i felt i mean i don't know if any of your listeners understand the concept of attachment pairing parenting but i am a working mum who also is an attachment parent it's a bit of a contradiction um because attachment pairing the very very notion of that is you carry your baby around everywhere with you you co-sleep, you breastfeed, you never ever leave your child. So elements of attachment parenting just nat came naturally to me. So just co-sleeping, uh, breastfeeding, carrying my child in a thingy. So I actually took him to meetings initially. I had a huge meeting with like an event actually with 50 people and he was strapped to me and I was speaking on a microphone to everybody because I, I had no choice, right, initially. Um, but that wasn't sustainable for the long term. And so, yeah, it is a big thing for, things for mum to allow a stranger to kind of take over. So that's why I did it gradually. Um, I only hired a trusted company that I knew were fully trained, knew what they were doing. And it was a gradual process of an hour here, a few hours there. Okay, now I'm ready to hire a full-time live-in nanny. And when I did that, it was like, she was an angel, honestly. Life-changing. She was, I woke up, my husband and I woke up and there was fresh coffee waiting for us. The house was tidy and she was like, okay, I'm just going to take baby and change him now. And we're like, what? Excuse me? Um, it, you know, it was an adjustment initially, but and I'm lucky because... I am an entrepreneur and I'm a, I was able to create my own kind of diary. So when I felt comfortable to then go out in meetings, for meetings, I would always come back from 12 to four to put Kai to sleep, 
spend some time with him and then from four to six I'd go back out and do admin work so I was lucky that I had that yeah you can manage your time a bit yeah I could still be with him um at the same time I could still go out and do my meetings you know um, and my admin work so that was for the first two years of his life that's what I did and when he reached two and I stopped nursing and he became a little bit less dependent on me that's when I'm out from nine to six every day doing a full-time job yeah but I'm guessing you still get the mum guilt of course I do and I think any every mum gets mum guilt you know if you're a working mum you get mum guilt if you stay at home mum and you hear working mums go yeah but I'm my I'm you know I'm showing my child what it's like to work and they feel they guilty feel like guilty. should I be doing that it's like every mum suffers from mum guilt you know yeah. it's natural I think <sighs> I have it's this tough. all to come. And and my friends that are mums, they're like, PT, you have all these ideas of what you think you'll do when you have a baby and how you think you'll manage and you just don't know. You and, don't. Until I mean, I thought you I'd have be... your own baby. Yeah. Like, I you thought... just don't know what it's like. No, I thought and how I would be. be like, I thought I'd be a mum that is like, crib from day one, own room, uh, maybe do a little bit of cry it out. Um, you know, like, da 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 complete opposite. As soon as I hear him cry, I'm in tears. I cannot leave him. Even now, can't leave him to cry. Um, co-sleeping till two. Like, literally complete opposite to what I thought I would be. And you don't know until you have given yeah. birth and you see this little human what type of mummy you're going to be. Um, but having that support network is the only way I manage. And having a husband that's very hands-on who doesn't question me when I say, babe, I need a break. Like, can you have Kai Friday morning while I literally just sleep for two hours? Or he takes pleasure in that. And that's so important, you know, um, to have that extended support network, especially if you're an expatriate entrepreneur running a business yeah. and you don't have the support network of your mum, your aunties, your cousins being here to babysit now and again. People shouldn't be martyrs and feel guilty about having a little bit of help yeah you know honestly it's like it doesn't make you a bad mum yeah take the help yeah take it yeah <laughs> take all the help you can because get. it help it, it it makes you a better parent it, if you're to me if you're more rested and yeah you're happy in yourself you're not feeling overwhelmed and anxious obviously yeah that's gonna make you a better parent for me, like every mum is different. Like there are mums that want to be stay-at-home mums who are content and happy and that's their that's where they want to be. And people have all you know, people often say, Well, I don't have a husband that's rich that can just, you know, look after me and blah blah blah. If it's I, not about being rich. No, but some people say that. You know, they're not in a position to be able to be a stay-at-home mum. They have to work. Yeah. Right? Now I'm I'm one of those mums. But I'm also one of those mums that enjoys my work. It's my meditation. Like, if, if I was, I know and I've experienced it. If I was a stay-at-home mum, full-time, mentally, I think I would struggle. Yeah. But that's me. That's yeah. not every mum. Every yeah, mum has, is different. different. Yeah. Exactly. So I am a better mum for going to work. For you. And, yeah. But when I'm with Kai, uh, he 100% has my attention. Like... Phone off, yeah, devoted. I've noticed you're very good at that, actually. You're like, right, now I'm with Kai, we'll talk yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, I don't or, answer phones, I don't... Yeah, and yeah. I kind of know when I can get hold of you and can't because you're <laughs> very good at... Because yeah, it takes time, but I got there, you know, like... I'm sure 
and I've I've listened to a lot of interviews with mums where they're like, I noticed that I was with my child, but I'm like on my email. Like, I'm not present. Yeah. I'm with them, but I'm not present. Yeah. The kids pick up on it as they well. And, well, I've, 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 I'm guilty. I've done it, you know. Of course, and but I think Kai you make a conscious effort, don't you, to this is I my do. time with Kai now. Yeah. This is not. I mean, Kai has literally time. took my phone and gone, no phone, mummy, you know. And that's when I wow. caught myself and I was like... <gasps> Well, okay, I am not doing anymore. So literally, I I won't take calls and I will message people and go, I'm with Kai, like, I'll, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just my thing. Like, he's got my attention when I'm with him. Yeah. And I'm really big on, like, child psychology and, like, just... Well, yeah, I and think, you never get this time back, do you? Yeah, I mean, having so. a child makes you look at your own childhood mm. and your own anxieties and your own... It, it, and it makes you so cautious, you know, like yeah. of giving your child the attention it needs. So, yeah. I am planning to do actually a whole series with mums. Yeah. So I will be inviting you back on. Oh, I'd um, love that. Particularly with mums that work. Yeah. Because I'm just in awe. Oh, bless. And days where I'm feeling overwhelmed and stressed, I just think. How do mums do it? How yeah. do my, the colleagues I work with, the women I know, because I know loads of women like you who yeah. are just, you know, living out all their goals and dreams yeah. and working really hard but on top of that have babies and yeah. I'm just like wow so I do want to do a whole series we on that do. and I'll invite you back because I think it's something that's I just find it fascinating and I'm just yeah I really it am it is fascinating I, I love talking to other women especially women that have more than one I've only got one child yeah. you know but we do have to give credit to these super women that are helping us out you know like honestly like my my woman I call her my wife <laughs> Nilu She's an angel. Um, you know, I wanted a Sri Lankan nanny because I'm half I was Sri Lankan. Say, is she Sri Lankan? Yeah. I'm half Sri Lankan, so I wanted Kai to learn Singhalese. And uh, she she adores him. And contrary to, I've I read a lot of forums and I see a lot of other mums talking and stuff. And a lot of mums are very like they're employees. You should not treat them like. No, I, I'm completely the opposite. I'm like, she is taking care of my most prized yeah thing in life and she is my family now like i think sometimes that can be a cultural thing yeah I mean, maybe for me if i'm going to have someone in my home they become part of my family yeah i want them to feel safe i want them to feel loved and like yeah. i said they're looking after yeah my prized possession she'll always be kai's auntie now if she yeah. ever leaves us we'll still visit her in sri lanka she's family now yeah. and that's that i have some friends like that no conversation <laughs> they, they moved back to the uk but they had a, a sri lankan um, nanny and they are still in touch and they speak and it's yeah, yeah. They're, they're part of the family definitely um back to bride club yeah for the next question since you launched bride club what has been the biggest learning you found from going through your most difficult and challenging times um i would say quite recently is adapting to change so in order for small businesses to survive, especially kind of in the media landscape, which is so, it, it evolves constantly, right? So the way people consume media and information and content evolves. So it went from magazines to websites. Now social media is taking over, video content. So if you are a media company specifically and you are not evolving and adapting to change, then you will really, really struggle. And, you know, a lot of publishing houses have closed down, small, you know, magazines have shut down because they haven't had the foresight to look ahead 
And I think one of the biggest challenges was adapting and evolving and, and continuously educating ourselves about how our readers are consuming the content, um, but also taking that leap into areas that maybe I wasn't so familiar with and having to kind of educate myself completely on like podcasts, for example, or video, vlogging. Um, yeah, it's like, oh, here's algorithms. another thing I've got to learn about. Yeah, you know, but if we don't, then we're going to get left behind, right? Or our competition will take over. So I think the biggest challenge is adapting and, and evolving. And we recently launched our concierge service, which has kind of, I call it, I think we're a, a disruptors to the wedding industry a it little bit. It is genius. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about it? Well, I was so like overwhelmed when the world's biggest wedding planner, you know, who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about. Um, <laughs> when he heard the concept, he said it was genius and he loved we it. We can say who it is. Yeah. Preston Bailey. Preston Bailey, can, yeah. Say. He said he would use it. So, and he will use it if he ever plans a wedding in Dubai. So, yeah, I mean, the concierge, we're not quite wedding planners, but we're not just media anymore. We're actually facilitating com- direct human conversation with brides whereas before they could just navigate the website find suppliers now and again we might get an email but now they actually have someone that they can call whatsapp talk to in detail about their wedding and this is where we match make them with vendors according to their budget style needs we're not planning the wedding for them We're not taking away the wedding planner's job because most of the uh, brides that use that aren't looking for a wedding planner. They're looking to DIY. Mm -hmm. But then we do get the brides that want wedding planners as well, but value our recommendation of the type of wedding planner that they should be going for. Um, And we use a lot for venue sourcing. So they come to us to find the right venue for the wedding day. So, yeah. Yeah, I think matchmake is the the key phrase there yeah because i think i found this you just don't even know where to start no it's overwhelming a lot of brides don't have time they don't they don't have time to go and view you know 30 venues and Mm -hmm. meet people and so i just think it's absolute genius i wish i'd have had that when i was finding my (laughs) wedding yeah i wish we launched it sooner and you know we (laughs) would People are confused. They're like, I don't get it. Like, it's free for the brides. How do you make money? And I I mean, nothing's really changed in how we make money. We still charge the vendor to be part of our platform. Um, It's just, I have to say the workload is three times as much because we actually have to physically get involved now and speak and have long conversations and do a lot of legwork. And we haven't all of a sudden started making loads of money, but we are actually bringing quality leads to the vendors that are working with us. I'm not saying we didn't before. Which makes them want to continue yeah, advertising It's quality site. over quantity. And they now know that the lead we're going to send them is pre-qualified, a perfect match, and is highly likely to convert into business. Yeah. So we don't quite know where we're going to take the concierge and if we will have different tiers of services that we offer brides, but... I see you having a team. I see you having, having like a mystic Meg moment. I do, I do, I see you having a, t- a team of concierge. Yeah. Bright Club and me concierge 
Um, well, that's what that's what my business yeah. partner Adam wants, my husband. But um, again, that's another conversation, right? So that's and taking the business time. to the next level, which requires a level of investment. So this is where we're at the moment: is do we get investment? Do we just hustle and try and do it ourselves? We're in that phase of the business, the growth phase of business, where it's like we have, yeah. we need money really to, to do take what it we need to, that, to do. Yeah, that next level. Yeah. Um, we are, I know you are very passionate about mental health mm. and you're a big mental health advocate. What does mental health mean to you? Um, mental health is just looking after yourself, basically, your mind and your soul. And I got passionate about this when my mum had a, a severe nervous breakdown in 2016 to the point where she felt she didn't want to live anymore. And me being me, I have this tendency to really delve into things and learn about things inside out. And I wanted to know why my mum did what she did and why she was feeling so helpless. And I learned so much about the mind and how childhood impacts you, like your first three years of life impacts the way you are as an adult and things that you can do to be mindful of maybe your idiosyncrasies, anxieties, depressions, just to, and, and I, started to, I started to question myself because I've always seen myself as a very strong person, somebody that has gotten through various traumas in life and still kind of, you know, like positive and things. But it, it forces you to take a deep look at yourself, you know, and your own mental health. And then I started to realize I, I think I may have mild anxiety because I find myself wanting to control a lot of things and for things to be perfect and that is a symptom of being a little bit anxious and I can also come across as being maybe rude when it's just anxieties because I want things to be a certain way. And just noticing that in order to be the best mum, in order to be the best boss, the best of myself in a relationship, I really need to put myself first. I need to be selfish. But it's not selfish. No, it's, yeah. It's just filling your own cup. Yeah. It's giving from your overflow, right? Yeah. Because so often we give what we don't have and then yeah. we wonder why we feel overwhelmed, stressed, yeah. tired. It's, yeah. it's not selfish. Yeah. It's very I mean, easy for me to say that. I mean, because I no, often use that word, but it, I... Uh, we we automatically think just because we're looking after ourselves makes us selfish and that comes with those really negative connotations yeah. being selfish and it's not it's just how can I can't help you until I help myself exactly so, exactly it's just so important to take care of yourself emotionally and spiritually and I think one thing I felt I, fe I felt myself I can remember just sitting down and really thinking about when was I really truly happy? What made me happy? What makes me happy? Um, what makes me feel at peace? Um, and I was looking at all these things and I just feel so, so happy when I'm in a nature type environment. And I, reali I realized that to my core, I'm a bit of a hippie. Um, so when I go to like Life and One and just take my laptop and I'm surrounded by bohemian music and trees and sitting cross-legged barefoot 
writing an article or reading a book, I'm really happy. And when I'm just playing with my son, just, you know, in the park, just us playing, rolling around in the mud, I'm really happy, you know, like, what makes me happy? And also, I, I really enjoy my own company. Like, I actually enjoy just sitting down in a coffee shop, reading a book, having a cup of coffee. Do I ever get time to do that? Not really, but I need to make time. I need to force myself. That's the key. I need to make time. So for example, like I haven't really left my son overnight since he was born. And I literally had a conversation with my husband today and said, you know what, I think I'm ready to, I just want to put myself into Zabil house and just take my laptop, have some food by myself, focus on my articles and then go to the pool and read a book and get a good night's sleep. I think I need it, you know? And I said to him, would you mind? And he said, no, of course not, do it. Like, Kai will be fine, like, he will survive. Yeah. But part of me is like, I can't leave him. It might, you know, trauma him for the rest of his life and he'll remember this as an adult and blah, 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 when in reality, he won't. You know, it's 24 he hours. He won't and it will make such a big difference for you. Exactly. And psychologists do say that mums that do these little kind of nights away every now and again, it's good for your mental health. So, <laughs> But yeah, I just think, look up, you know, and spiritual health as well. I, I, I found that when I was silent, let's just say I would go for a massage and I was just silent or I would meditate, I would cry. And I was like, why is this? And I just realised that my intense workload and me working so much is a way of me not allowing me to be silent in my own thoughts. It's a distraction. Yeah, or just to kind of really see myself, you know. So I kind of found that it was scary initially just to be silent in my own thoughts. But once I got over that initial scariness, um, I learned how to kind of meditate in a way when I need to, just to be silent and not be scared of my own thoughts and yeah, almost you know, like recenter. Yeah, you need that time. You need that. We're, you know, we're human beings. We're connected to the earth, and I feel like, especially with entrepreneurs, we're so focused on business and deals and this. It's sometimes just going to the beach barefoot and just feeling the ocean waves on you is enough yeah like for me it's going riding I just yeah. I it's the one time I don't think about anything else yeah I and love now actually I found pictures. it with driving as well actually yeah I've become um it's almost like there's no one else there it's just me I can listen to a, a podcast or an audiobook or mm. it's just that how often are we really just relaxed and yeah. not being harassed by yeah. everything a million different things yeah because now you can't get away from it so you have to you have to be making a conscious effort to switch it off because it's you you know we've got phones you've got emails you know, it's not gonna go away yeah so you, you have, have to have be to mindful something about it mindful yeah of that's your the word, own mindful yeah you have to be mindful of your own limits yeah you know, and I, I, no, I can see the signs when I'm reaching that point of like just blowing, you know, yeah. and that's when I know I need to just take a step yeah. back. What is it for you? Because for me, it's when really small things, I find myself getting really annoyed with really <laughs> small, silly things. Yeah. And I'm like, right, Peter, you need, you obviously need some time out. Yeah. You're getting overwhelmed because this is not a big deal. Yeah. And you're getting like irritated. Yeah. 
what is it for you when you know, right, I need a time out now. I need to look after myself a bit more. When I feel like I'm ready to snap at my husband or my child and that's when I'm like, I need to sort something out here because it's not fair me taking my stress out on them, you know. Um, and often you do take it out on the people the you people love the most. To you, yeah. um, and I think it's like social media shows one side of our life. The highlights. Yeah, what I do is I tend to have like a highlight reel and then every now and on You're my very personal, honest, I think, actually, on your social media. Yeah, to a degree. So there's some things I just would never talk about just because I like to keep them to myself. Personal. But then I do have a highlight reel on my personal account. And then every like now and again, I'd say every two months, I will have like a long, deep post. And I then, love those posts that you do. <laughs> I do often wonder, should I do this more? But then I don't know. It takes so much out of me emotionally to do it. And yeah. I I would really like to write a book one day. So I'm try- I think I'm just holding back. Holding it back for the book. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I get so many DMs and messages and people going, oh, my God, you know, like, thanks for talking about that. Or I can relate to that. Yeah. Or, And I just feel like so many people are just kind of putting on this I wouldn't say it's a facade. They're choosing to highlight the best parts of their life, right? So they're not being fake, but we need to talk a little bit more about our struggles. I think know? so. Because um, when you know that other people are going through similar, it's not you take pleasure in that, it's that you take comfort in knowing that you're you not alone. You don't feel alone. You know? And I, one of the things I've realised in the past, I think I've always been quite empathetic, but maybe in the past like year is be kind to people because you don't actually know what they're going through. So someone might exactly. come across in a certain way, yeah. but you don't know the reason behind that. So yeah. just g- give people a bit of a break. Yeah. You know, you'd have no idea what people are going through. Oh, no, you don't. So, you know, just because someone might be, um, you know, a little bit short with you or, you know, I mean, we all get frustrated, especially with, with things like customer service. But, you know, you just never know what someone's going through. So yeah. just be kind because there could be all sorts of things going on and that's how they're dealing with it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, obviously, as long as they're not hurting you or, like, being completely out of order to yeah, you. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, yeah, I find that when I am really, really overwhelmed and stressed, I can be quite snappy and straightforward and I can... I can not... I, my mind is in a million places, so I'm not giving the full attention to where it needs to be. And then that's when I realise I just need a break or I need to go and have a bath or I need to, you know, daddy needs to have Kai for a few hours while I maybe just sit in a coffee shop and speak to my best friend, you know, like just something, just to kind of, you know. so yeah I remember being in the back of a taxi voice noting you crying in a voice note because I do you remember this yeah I do and I literally have never felt so overwhelmed and like I was being pulled in a million directions and I also kept making I kept saying yes to things knowing I couldn't fulfill them but thinking no you can because that's only that and that's only that and that but then when you add all these things together and I remember you just being like Peter calm down first of all calm down deep breaths it's all right. And I was just like... And telling you that I've been there. Telling me that you've been there because I just felt, yeah, just completely yeah. overwhelmed. And I think sometimes this city can sometimes... It's so fast-paced. Yeah. 
Like any big city, like, like any New big York, city, but they London, say New York's Dubai. a city that doesn't sleep. I think Dubai doesn't. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's so fast paced. And um, you which is great in one way, in another amazing, way, it can be overwhelming. Ha- you yeah, you have to be mindful. You do, and I remember that conversation, Peter, and it brought me back to the days before Kai and before I got married and feeling guilt that I was feeling overwhelmed because I wasn't a mum and because I didn't have this responsibility and that responsibility, but it doesn't matter because that's your reality. Yeah. That's your reality, you know, and I mean, I I remember some well-meaning friends saying, oh, wait until you have kids, you don't even know what stress is now, and I would feel guilty that I even felt that way when when I look back at it, I mean, I'm probably getting more sleep now than I am than I was then before I had Kai because I was up till 3 a.m. every morning working. Yeah. And and it's a pressure you put on yourself. Yeah. It's not just things happening around you. It's the, it's what you do to yourself. Yeah. And yeah, I've definitely... Learning to say no is very... Learning to say no, thing. which I'm still in the process of learning. Yeah. But also just knowing... I'm a bit better now at not taking on a million things. Yeah, which is good. And I've seen that shift in you. I've tried. I've seen that shift in you. and Because it's really easy here to just... You get excited about things. I know. And it's like, yeah, yeah, great. But you need to... Th- can I actually do this? Because and I have just I, one I person. still struggled that day, which yeah. is why I find it hard to be like this in, like mentor to other entrepreneurs because I'm still struggling to that day with... People come to me all the time wanting me to be part of their new initiative or this or that. And I wish I could. I wish I had the bandwidth to be able to do that. But I am still four years overdue launching my next project. And I have to focus on that. I have to prioritise. I have to focus on that because it's four years overdue. So I'm still learning that process, Pisa. And I think it's a thing that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with Mm -hmm. is saying no. Well... This leads beautifully on to my next question. What would be your one piece of advice for anyone about to start their own business here in the UAE or anywhere for that matter? Um, the number one? Oh, uh, yeah. We've done contracts. I know. Yeah, We've that done learn be, to say no. It wouldn't be my number one. Um, I know what it is. Okay. My biggest piece of advice, and I think we're living in a society where being an entrepreneur is revered and it is a it's trendy um and i have to say unless you have the mental capacity to be able to take on the stress of running your own business and dealing with these trials and tribulations on a daily basis and troubleshooting on a daily basis and not having financial stability. Like, I'm just giving you some real talk here, Peter, now, yeah? And your readers. It's not glamorous. It is not fun. It's hard work. So my first piece of advice is, are you doing it for the right reason? Are you wanting to become an entrepreneur to prove something to everybody else? Or is it because you genuinely feel passionate about solving a problem or bringing in your case you know advice uh, from other people to other people um, what is really look at the reason as to why you want to do this and for me it was because I felt ready to launch my own business and I found a gap in the market that I found myself becoming really passionate about 
I wasn't quite aware of how hard it was going to be. But I've realized it's in my blood now, which is why I'm becoming like a multi-entrepreneur and I'm launching various different businesses. But believe me, like, if you don't have that in your heart, it won't, it won't work. It just won't. Um, I think yeah. some people think that running your own business, being an entrepreneur, you only really see the end results. Yeah. On social media, on TV interviews, mm. on uh, general media. You don't often see the behind the scenes and yeah. the work, the hours of yeah. work that goes in. Yeah. And it looks... It's tough. It, you're right. It looks glamorous. I manage my own time. I yeah. can go on holiday whenever I want. Well, the reality is you won't have any money for a holiday. <laughs> I haven't been And you'll holiday. work harder than you ever did in any job. Exactly. And you know, like, not everybody is made to be an entrepreneur. I mean, there are people... I mean, I don't want half of my staff to become entrepreneurs, like, selfishly, like some people do really well having structure and systems yeah totally and, and there's nothing there's wrong with that nothing wrong with that and that is successful you know like and let's talk about success you know everyone's definition of success is different to me success is not like bride club winning an award success is me being happy like if I'm genuinely happy and I also say I like stability. I like to feel a level of stableness. I feel like when I, everything's really unstable, I get really, ugh. And I guess I'm never really going to have that in terms of financial stability until maybe I sell my business or whatever. But just having a team that I can rely on and having a husband that backs me up, that is what I consider stability. That's and that stability, brings me yeah. happiness. And yeah, I mean, I haven't had a holiday since 2015, so the reality is real. <laughs> I'm lucky that I work in an industry where I get invited sometimes yeah. to go to nice places, but it still works. It's not a switch-off holiday. No, where you can... I still have to go and publicise that and write about it and take nice photos. I can never truly relax, you know, but it's all leading up to... Yeah, and I think if you ultimately enjoy it as well i think once yeah. you get to a point if you're resenting it and or if you, yeah. you're just not happy then okay this you isn't for you or it's the wrong business or there's something exactly. else going on but if you i can see that you enjoy this like yeah. I, I i can tell that i do even amongst the craziness huge workload and craziness you enjoy it like you're passionate really about do. it and i think before i had kai i i just had this vision um, of manifesting what I wanted, right? So I wanted to create a situation where I was able to go home to my baby for the first year or two for a few hours a day. And I wanted to create a business where I could tap into various elements of my personality. Because as an Aquarius, I'm going to get all hippie on you now. As an Aquarius, we are very like there's many faces to our personality so and same with dress sense and stuff one day we can look like business women next day yeah. we can look like hippies on are you an aquarius no i'm aries oh uh, okay and i get told i'm a typical aries <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but adam is aquarius too right no he's oh i gemini. thought you were like rami and i you're the same star sign. no he's gemini god i can be with another aquarius 
Um, so yeah, like, I wanted to tap into various elements of my personality. So I have this one side of me that's very business orientated and very like, likes closing deals and things, but I have this really creative side, you know, where I love art and I love writing, I love creating. And I created this job, this career for myself where I could do that, you know. And you also have a side to you where you want to help and empower other people. That's what I was, and you get to do that as well. But I didn't realise that until years later that yeah. that's what I'm genuinely passionate about. And that's where I launched the consultancy side of Bride Club and Me, um, Bride Club and Me Business, which is where I consult for people in the wedding industry and help them take their businesses to the next level. And you talk about crying. I mean, I have had sessions with people. And I would say seven of them have just broken down in tears in front of me. And then I'm like, maybe I should be a therapist. <laughs> but no, this is my problem. I always like think, like, reinvent myself every few years. But um, Add it to the list. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, no, I just, it, it's made me realise the struggle that entrepreneurs are facing and that we need to talk and this is still on the line of mental health, we need to talk and be real about what we're going through, you know, and help each other and create communities. And this is why I love concepts like Let's Work, where you co-work together with other people. And I love, you know, these women entrepreneur platforms. And I think they're fantastic because you get to communicate and relate to people going through what you're going through face to face. You yeah. know, and talk and have conversations. And I think it's like with anything, which is the whole reason I'm doing this, I find if I know someone else has gone through something similar, yeah. or even if the story is different to mine, but I can resonate with something in it, that really helps me. I of just course, feel like, yeah. oh, okay, it's not just me. And also I see how, well, they went through that, but look at where they are now. Yeah, they came out the other they side. They came out the other end. They l and, and it just, I think, especially with the consulting, because you're so honest, mm. you really connect with, with these people. Yeah. Not only you've got the experience from the industry, but you're just very honest about yeah, the process of, of having a business, starting a business. Yeah, and a lot of people, they're like, at the end of the sessions, they're like, you know what? You told me what I already knew. I just needed someone to tell me. And other people that I've spoken to, just they won't say it, you know, because I, I will be like, your branding's crap. Yeah. Like, literally. Well, what are you doing about Sorry. your marketing? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, and some people just don't like that. And I get that. But some people just need blunt honesty. And they'll go, thank you. Like, I've been thinking that. And thanks for telling me that. I know I need to work on my branding or I need to do a rebrand. You know, I mean, for example, like, there is a wedding planning company out there that is named after a serious mental health illness. And... It's just like, why would you do that? Yeah, first of all, change the name. Uh, have <laughs> a rebrand. And I was the only person to tell them that. And they were genuinely shocked. And they said, well, nobody's ever told me that. And I said... Yeah, because well, you can't People are scared know. sometimes. They're scared, but also you can't know where to go from a problem until you start telling the truth. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And, and it's sometimes hard. it's really it's hard, hard. Even with to yourself. Hear it. Yeah, I've had it. It's really hard to be... On, and the other day, Ravi and I were having a conversation, and he's like, "Peter, what is it that you want? You're not, 
He's like, I don't know if you're not being honest with me or yourself. I'm like, I'm not being honest with myself. He's like, right, have a chat with yourself and yeah. then let's come back to this topic. Had a chat with myself. And I was kidding myself that I wanted to do something and actually I didn't want to do something to, to do with work. And he's like, right, just be honest with yourself. Yeah. Like, why is it so hard to be honest with myself? I don't know. I just think it's a human thing. Yeah. It's just, oh, we're so complex. So <laughs> complex. Um, Ria, we're going to do a quick fire round now. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, Favourite quote? <sighs> See, this is difficult. Um, I've got two. Am I allowed to say You're that? You're allowed to. Okay, first is, quite frankly, dear, I don't give a damn. And the second <laughs> one... <laughs> And the second one is, my uncle told me this, and he said, never give with expectation because you will only be disappointed. So when you give of yourself, it shouldn't be you're giving and saying, well, what am I going to get in return? Now, I know that goes against my previous discussion with you when I said, when I'm dealing with big business things and I'm like, well, what's in it for me? That's different. I'm no, talking about... No, but that's about, entering into a, yeah. an agreement. Uh, that's different. You just mean in general. Yeah, like, you know, you give a gift to someone. Don't expect that on your birthday you're going to get something of the same yeah. magnitude. And also, it, yeah, and it, it's kind of like this, it ties into... Well, even your time. I feel like my I have high expectations for a lot of things, but I need to learn not to expect other people to be on my level of, like, what... You know, yeah, you get not what everyone's I'm hold, Not everyone holds the things you find important. Exactly. important. And that's one of my... That's something I need to work on. I know that, you know, so... Yeah, but that's why relationships are so complicated because it's like what makes... Even friendships, you know, what you value. Some of my friends really value communication all the time yeah some of them just want to meet up every couple of months and yeah. have a and have face-to-face proper time so it's trying to figure out where like you say it's so complex and, and accepting all, them for that accepting that and and being yeah realizing the uh, like the expectation thing just because i've given loads of time mm. doesn't mean that i'm going to get that back from that person maybe that's not I know, how they you will always be and that ties and then you'll be disappointed. always be disappointed you will always be disappointed and I mean I have I have a friend that is constantly posting stuff on social media you know if people value you they'd make time for you and things like that and I just think that's not true because no we all have different types of friends I mean I have older friends younger friends family friends single friends okay um and there are those people that I just I might not see for a year and I meet them and it's like nothing yeah. changed and we feel comfortable immediately and we don't have to have that conversation of why haven't you been you know we just know there's a silent understanding yeah, they're proper you just friends. know and then you have friends that are like your ride or die yeah. like every day what's up but I don't agree with that I don't agree with that you'd make time because sometimes I've had friends who have cancelled on me last minute for something mm. and I know it's nothing to do with me that they're not in a good place yeah. and they just want to go home and sleep. Yeah, and that's exactly. totally, that doesn't mean that they don't love me, they don't care. That's fine. Yeah, you it know? is. And some people suffer from anxiety as some well. Some people and don't, don't want to go out. tell you. Exactly. So I, don't, I, I always see those quotes and I'm like, no, I don't, yeah, I don't agree I don't, with that. I don't agree with that either. Good, I'm glad we're on the same page. We're on the same page there. <laughs> uh, best piece of life advice you've ever been given? Oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> Uh, honestly, I'm say just, no more. I like. I'm that. still I'm waiting. Still waiting. This, like, you know, epiphany. <laughs> I like that. 
Favourite tool or app for helping organise your life? See, I'm terrible with things like this. I really am. Um, my husband, Adam, runs the IT for Bride Club and he's always sending me like a million different apps and tools that, and it just goes over my head. I, do you know, I'm a pen and paper girl. Yeah. Even though I work in the digital world, notes and lists save my life. I use um, WhatsApp loads for business, right? Um, and I pushed back against it. So WhatsApp, I mean, it's something that everybody has and it's not exactly a revolutionary app, um, but... It's really easy for business yeah. to, is to deal with brides and vendors. So WhatsApp is something that drives me nuts. But but couldn't do business. I have to, I have to use it. It's my it's something I use daily. And all the others, it's just there's too many to mention. There's just loads of random different tools and things. I so. still think you're now my fourth guest. I yeah. still think there is a niche for someone to organize um, to create something that can help entrepreneurs organize their life because everyone said the same thing yeah they're like there's all these apps and tools but i just write things down i know have my calendar like there isn't one thing that's that like consolidates everything yeah, yeah there, so i feel like that's yeah someone needs to create something okay let's go into business together <sighs> next <laughs> another <one>. thing <laughs> biggest pet peeve when it comes to business oh my gosh biggest pet peeve um why because I, I feel like I know I, I feel like I know what you you would say to this <laughs> oh people not responding to emails just like acknowledgement just acknowledgement like just I just think it's common courtesy and also people that value their time over yours like they or don't respect your time yeah they don't respect your time like value they don't think your time is as valuable as theirs so just just a general level of respect, you know. I mean, I've I've been the one to follow up with people and say, our meeting's still on tomorrow at 2 p.m. Oh, um, oh, actually, I'm in another country. And I think to myself, if I didn't follow up with you, would I, would I have turned up at that meeting? Yeah, would you have let me know? And it's just, just respect people's time, that's all, because you're not the only person that is busy. And <laughs> communication. <laughs> Yeah, or just acknowledging an email. Listen, I've got a to-do list like that. I've got so many people I've got to get back to, but I really do try to be conscious of saying I've received your email. Um, I'm working on it. That's why I love a voice note. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's not an email, voice it's note. a voice note. Yeah. yeah. Most important life lesson so far. Life lesson. Do you know what? It has to be that your health is the most important thing above and beyond anything your physical and mental health because without that what's the point you can't yeah. you can't do anything so just taking care of your health like i made a big decision to give up my 20 day smoking habit in 2016 and it was life changing like just the way I could breathe changed, you know, and my husband was diagnosed with testicular cancer, which brought everything, like just made everything stop and put everything into perspective. It's, it's, it's cliche, but it's true. When you're faced with this, it makes you realize that you really need to take care of yourself. And then also when you see the reality of your parents getting old and your grandparents getting old and perhaps 
look at the ones in your family that have taken care of their health mentally, physically, and then the ones that haven't and how they're struggling and how as you, as the child you're seeing that mm. and how it makes you feel I never want to put my son through that. So I take my health, like I could lose some weight, I know that, but I take my vitamins every morning. I try to be active. I try to be mindful and to focus on my mental health. Mm. Um, so to me, that's my been my biggest life yeah. lesson is, it's hard. It's so it is hard. And, and taking care of, making sure your, your mental health is prioritized just as much as your physical. Exactly. It's all it's not one, just it's about. It's all intertwined. Yeah. And, you know, we often forget the spiritual element as well. The soul is connected to everything, your physical and your And spiritual, I mean, for some people, it's religion. It's God. It's praying. For other people, it's meditation. And for other people, it's just being connected to the earth, you know, just not forgetting that side. Yeah of you as a human so true if you could give your 18 year old self one piece of advice what mm. would it be don't give up about what people think yeah <laughs> sorry um i think when you're that young you're so consumed about what other people think about you and i think even now like people like to say i don't care what other people think but the truth is we do but tr trying to kind of I think since having Kai, actually, I've been less focused on, like, before I wouldn't dare leave the house without makeup. Now, whatever, mate, you know, like, there's bigger things to worry about. Just ha placing less value on other people's opinions of you as a person and being kind of real to yourself. So now I know that people who truly know me and truly love me, they know that this facade this rio this hard shell they know that that is just part of me yeah. you know they know the goodness in me and if other people only choose to see one side of me and don't want to try and get to know the other side that's fine i'm not for you that's fine yeah. i mean i've learned to accept that back in the day i would be a people pleaser i would try and, but why do they think this of me the disease to please no they need to meet me again because that's or hearing somebody say, you know, that she thought you were right. What? Why? Yeah. I'm not like that. She, you know, now it's like, okay, fine. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> there are bigger things. They don't know me, that's fine. About. Yeah, exactly. Like okay, Rio, are you ready for your last question? Go on, yalla. Rio, what do you know for sure? <sighs> that... My husband really does bad farts. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do I know for sure? Oh, that's such a tough question, Peter. I know. Like, I feel like I should give some deep and meaningful answer. Um, I know for sure that this world is just incredibly beautiful and amazing and that we can often get consumed with the negatives in life and how hard things are and we just need to focus sometimes on the beauty that is around us like I know for sure and I when I'm feeling really stressed I always try and look and this is why I call myself a philocalist on my Instagram account it's someone who sees the beauty and everything so try and focus on the beauty that's around you and not the negatives.
Rio, thank you so much. You're welcome. You have been so honest and real. Thank um, you. Thank you so much. Where can people find you on Instagram with all your different <laughs> handles? So what's your personal one? So my personal account is at Rio Captures. Bride Club ME is at Bride Club ME. And then the consultancy B2B side is at BCME Biz. Mm-hmm. And my new website launching is at Home Club ME. Coming soon. Coming soon. And obviously Bride Club, you can find at www.brideclubme.com. Correct. And Rio, just thank you so much. Thanks I just, for having me. I just love your realness. Oh, I love you. Yeah, I love your sweetness. I love you too. And I, just I love your really... WhatsApp. Hey, Rio! <laughs> My 10-minute voice notes. (laughs) Yeah, but I love that you're a voice noter too. I feel like we just get so much more done with our voice notes. We do. We do. Some people hate them, but I love them. Yeah, some people hate them, but no, I'm I'm all about the voice notes. So yeah. Thank you, Rio. (laughs) Thanks, babe. All the information on Bride Club ME can be found in the show notes below, along with Rio's personal Instagram handle. And why not check out Bride Club's new sister site, Home Club ME? your ultimate online resource for all things home and lifestyle in the UAE. Find them on Insta today at HomeClubME. And finally, I would be so grateful if you could show some love and please rate, review and subscribe to Life School ME, the podcast to help us reach and hopefully inspire more listeners. Thank you for listening to Life School, conversations to inspire action.